So this is the last part, what it means to be an elder in the Jehovah's Witness religion. The very first thing that I remember was that they brought me into a meeting. And in the meeting, the circuit overseer, you could think of him as a branch project manager in a company. So this person is in charge of the local leaders of various congregations, various churches. So he is the overseer, he's the supervisor, he's the project manager of a whole entire district of, of several of these locations. So he had the responsibility of overseeing uh, 16 congregations, which is what he told me, and we were one of the 16. So when he comes by, what he does is he assigns people that he feels should be leaders at the local level. So he makes that choice, but it's not his entire choice. The, the, fi the fine print is something that's never shown to you. So what they tell you at face is that the circuit overseer is assigning the elders, but the, the reality is that the local letter local elders pick who they want to be their next elder or elders and once the circuit overseer arrives he is the one that has the final say so if he says no then it's a no if he says yes then it's a yes but he would have never had an opportunity to investigate or to look into a potential candidate if the local elders would have never signaled the person in the first place so if they're the ones that give the choices. So if they're the ones that give the choices and they say as a majority that the person is ready, the circuit overseer for the most part says yes. Yes, there's no, no problem at all. He doesn't know the person. He, he doesn't go out uh, into the life of this person. So he's going off of the opinion of, of local leaders. So anyway, so they selected me. And we'll, we'll talk about that whole thing uh, in a another episode because even that goes a lot deeper so but i was selected amongst the local leaders as a, as a potential option and once the circuit overseer arrived he decided yes because the truth was that he and i had a very good relationship and it's it's one of the things you have to do to be a local leader you have to cozy up to the circuit overseer overseer that's what you have to do I didn't do that. I was always my genuine self, but fortunately, I there's dude, I like I like people. I like to see the good in people. I don't judge them, uh, at least not off the bat. <laughs> but he he was a person that that uh, struck a friendship with me, the the circuit overseer. So I did the same thing. Uh, we got along at a, a good chemistry. And I could be myself. And, and that's one of the things that I told myself because you can never really be yourself. Uh, I was myself around this person. And um, that was enough. <laughs> that, you know, that, that was all the math he needed. And he said, hey, this guy, uh, he could be a, a local leader as well. He could be an elder. So the first thing I noticed was, so he asked me questions. And I say, you know, I'll... I'm okay with these questions. Um, and they're just, um, they're filter questions is what they are. They're, they're probing questions to make sure that if there's any last minute doubt on their part or my part, you know, we, you, I don't have to take up this, 
this position, but I said, all good. You know, I'm willing to do this work. Let's do it. And he hands me a book. He hands me a book I had never seen before. I wasn't aware it even existed. I didn't know what it was. It just, it, it kind of seemed to me like I was starting from scratch in the religion again. He took me back uh, near 20 years. And I, I remember the, the very first instance when I went back that many years to the past. The first thing I, that I started doing was I started, um, it's what they call studying the Bible with the Jehovah's Witnesses. But it's not, it's not a study. It's, it's a regurgitation. So I was given a book. There was questions, and I had to regurgitate the answers. The answers were, were in the book, and all I had to do was regurgitate the answers. So that was my very, one of the very first experiences inside that religion was that they handed me a book, one of their publications, which is no longer in, in print. They ceased to print it because it's outdated. It doesn't line up with their current teachings. But it's the book titled The, the Knowledge. <laughs> There's not a lot of knowledge in there, but that's the title. The knowledge, uh, the knowledge of who? Definitely not of God. But I didn't know at the time. So they hand me this book, The Knowledge, and I am supposed to, what they say, call study this book with one of the members in the congregation. It just so happens that I studied with the coordinator of the body of elders. So in my eyes, I thought, well, this guy, if anybody knows, he must know. And no one knows more than him, right? Because he's the leader. He's the leader of the elders. So he's the leader of the whole congregation unit. So I thought I was in good hands. So my quote-unquote study commenced, and the very first thing when, I, when he gave me this book, what I said, well, I don't need this book. I don't need this book because I've already got the Bible, and I should be good with the Bible, right? Why would I need this book for? And he reminded me that, no, that's not how it works, because this book is going to help me get closer to the Bible. It's going to help me get deeper in Bible truths, right? The gaslighting started from the beginning. And I said, well, okay, all right. I mean, it's not killing me. So I suppose, all right, who cares? They started reading the book. And I had all kinds of objections with that book. But, you know, as is all the tactics of cults, it's just too much. Eventually, they can, they can prevail. They did in my case, so. But it was the same feeling. I, I, when he gave me the book, The Knowledge, I, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. There was a lot of hesitation. I didn't want to study that book. I just wanted to study the Bible. I wanted to read the Bible. I mean, that was the promise, wasn't it? It was learn the Bible. It could have been learn the Bible with the Mormons, learn the Bible with the Baptists. It could have been with anyone. Um, but just, just that phrase, learn the Bible, I thought, well, I, I, I do. I want to learn the Bible. I want to study the Bible. But the fine print, what they don't show you from the get-go is you have to study the Bible through the lens of their publications. Um, so they're sneaky. They're sneaky. So here I am now, near 20 years later, and the same feeling, the exact same thing. And the man, the circuit overseer, says, here's your book. You need to study this book. This book is going to guide you as a, as a leader in this church. And he hands me the book titled uh, Shepherd the Flock of God. And then it's even based on a verse, 1 Peter 5.2, which they have corrupted in their Bible because 1 Peter 5.2, in, in their Bible, it says, Shepherd the flock of God, 
under your care, serving as overseers, under your care is not inside the interlinear Bible. So it's missing in the Masoretic text. So if this is missing in the interlinear Bible, is it missing in their kingdom interlinear Bible? Yeah, it's missing as well. But it's an important phrase under your care. It's an important phrase to have in their Bible because that that is implying authority under your care. You're the caretaker, right? You're the babysitter. You're the supervisor. You're the foreman. Shepherd the flock of God, says their verse, under your care. But under your care is not in the Bible. These little things... Uh, can mean a world of difference. And these are the small phrases impregnated in their Bible that give them authority over their members. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I, I didn't know what it even meant. Even if that phrase wasn't there under your care, I still would have assumed that for the most part, the first letter of Peter 5.2 gives them some sort of authority. I mean, it does say in their Bible, again, serving as overseers, which I love that word, serving, serving as overseers, the NIV is not much different. But when you look at uh, the Greek, the Greek translation, it's shepherd, the flock of God, shepherd among you, the flock of God, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, according to God, and not for base gain, but eagerly. So it does imply that there will be shepherding, that there will be caretaking, but it it doesn't imply absolute power over people, right? Because what are what are the descriptions of the shepherd? The shepherd does it willingly, does it un, not under compulsion, not for base gain. And these these imply a certain level of humility, one that humans can't really uh humans inside a cult can't give not for base gain eagerly willingly not under compulsion none of these none of these descriptions of first peter 5 2 is what i saw in the elder body that i was in now could that could that be the case in all of them no i think that there are other places where they do do it willingly they do this this job willingly they don't do it under compulsion I do think they don't do it for base gain. Um, I, I think there's that willing and eagerness found in, in other places. The, the one I was in was not. This one <laughs> definitely wasn't the case. But aside from, from what I got to see here at the local level, uh, I understand this much, that this book, Shepherd the Flock of God, and this is the point I want to make with, in this podcast. The book that I was given, Shepherd the Flock of God, Yes, it has a verse, First Peter five two, but you know it 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 just it just doesn't do good with this verse, does it? It doesn't quite live up to it. Doesn't live up to the Bible standards. You would have to get to that position to understand. No, not necessarily. I don't think so. I think it would just require a little bit of hard work, which is just reading. <laughs> which is the biggest enemy of all Jehovah's Witnesses, reading an objective study. It's just, you know, that's their kryptonite. It, it requires a little bit of reading. I didn't do it. I didn't do it to the very last minute till sudden death when I actually had to do it. What do I find out? I find out 
when he hands me this book that my life changed in a bit because now everything that I ever thought about this religion, everything that I, that, that the foundation that, that held truth in my eyes began to fall apart because I always thought in my naive self that the Jehovah's Witness organization was based on the Bible. I thought that it was based solely on the Bible, that the Bible was the governing body, that the Bible was the president, the leader, the emperor, the <laughs> everything. I thought this was our foundation. And when that book was handed to me, I realized that my notion of this, of this religion was wrong. The Bible doesn't govern what, how and why this religion does what it does. What does govern them is their policies. And amongst their policies is the shepherd, the flock of God book. This was the policy. This was their Bible. And it took me a while to understand it, even after they assigned me this duty. But the cognitive dissonance was redlining at every single meeting. At every single meeting, I couldn't quite understand why the decisions were being made off of this book, off of the secret letters that would be sent in from New York, and not off of the Bible. I'll tell you what happened to me the first meeting that I had with this book. We have a meeting, we go inside, and the very first thing that happens is that the Bibles get tucked away. Every single one of the elders that were in that room, the half dozen elders that were in that room, they grabbed their Bible, they tucked it inside their briefcase, and they brought out the book, the secret book, the Shepherd, the Flock of God book. And they deliberated for about an hour, an hour and a half, about matters regarding people, their well-being, about matters regarding the congregation slash church, matters regarding money, and every single decision was based off of that book. They deliberated. They probed the book. They deduced what certain phrases, certain words, certain sentences meant. And this is all it was. It was nonstop deliberation to try and understand what this book meant. And if this book had changed at some point. So there was also the facet of comparing each other's updated version of the book. Some of them had it in PDF form. Others had it in print. But this was, this was the governing body to them because it comes from the, govern, the actual governing body, eight men that have totalitarian power inside this religion. It was something that I wasn't prepared for because... In my naive self, even inside that meeting, I didn't want to open the book. I didn't want to. I don't know if they were aware of that. I might have opened it, but I wasn't reading it. I wasn't looking at it because I was holding on to the Bible. And one in my left hand, I was holding on to the Bible, hoping to get in my opinions with the Bible. And everything they would say, my opinion was based on the Bible. So I would give a verse, and I would say, based off of this verse, I would say we do this, which is usually always the lenient, <laughs> the lenient opinion. Um, should we expel someone? Should we do, start a judicial committee? It was always we should forgive, we should forgive, we should forgive. So I, 
I was actually a hurdle before they even began any kind of judicial committees, which is their form of uh, their fake kangaroo court that they established. This was me trying to read the Bible. I was playing blackjack, blackjack without any chips. You know, I, I was running in a race without any shoes. I was competing in a team sport without a ball. That's, that's what I was doing. Because I sure wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, which was deliberating based off of the book they gave me, the secret book. That's the book I should have been reading, but I wasn't doing it because in my mind, again, I always thought this religion was based off of the Bible. Lo and behold, surprise, surprise, <laughs> dead wrong. Dead wrong. It's not based off of the Bible. And it was... I wouldn't, it was, it was, it was frustrating for me, but it was very confusing. It was very confusing. I was so naive to not know that this, you know, you, you, you spent almost two decades inside this religion and you didn't know that all decisions were based off of their secret policy book. And you thinking that all this time they were actually based off of the Bible. And that was, I was dead wrong. Sure, inside their book, it says they're based off of the Bible, but they're misinterpretations of, of the Bible. Their verse is taken out of context. There's verses that are used for gaslighting. It's, it's, it's a very huge manipulation of the Bible, and that is the reason that the Bible isn't opened. Because if you open the Bible, and, you know, they say that you can use any Bible, so if you were even to use straight out of the Greek, or your own interlinear Bible based off of, of one of, if not most, of the Masoretic text. It's not something that they will allow you to do. So the, that's the moment when you realize that none of what you do is actually based off of the Bible. If it was based off of the Bible, then no one would have any problem to what Bible you read. No one would have any problem if you even brought the interlinear Bible, which is probably the king of the Bible. So in some ways, right, in some forms, you could argue is actually the king of the Bibles. So why is it that it's such a big deal? It's because it's, it's all based off of that secret policy book. It's based off of that book and based off of the letters that come down from New York. So even, even if you have that book and the updated version of the book isn't released, but a letter is released down, you know, maybe two days before the new update arrives or a day before the up, you could deliberate, present your case off of the secret letter that arrived, and that secret letter becomes the law of the land, becomes the Constitution, and it trumps your secret book. But, of course, they'll update the PDF format of the book within a day, and then the book takes the, the lead because all it does is that it incorporates the new secret letter. Changes are made often to this book, and changes are made often inside of the organization. Your job is to keep up with these secret, uh, need-to-know basis secret letters, need-to-know basis changes. You need to keep up with that. Not with the Bible. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It has nothing to do with how much you read the Bible or understand the Bible or verses that you can use to, to even deliberate in, in their kangaroo court. It has nothing to do with that. And that, that is what the difficulty in my head, and I can understand if someone has gone through that situation, it's very frustrating if you still have 
even to that point if you still have faith in the Bible. Because the sad truth is that because they never really show you the Bible, because you inside that religion, you never learned the Bible. You, le- you learn this skewed way of looking at the Bible, and that's, and you never read it. You know, that's, they have this sort of program where, where you're supposed to read, but nobody reads it. Nobody reads it. I mean, 9 out of 10, I could, <laughs> 96, 7, 96, 7 out of 100 people do not read it. You know, and the three that do read it, uh, they might read it out of just just to to show face. Maybe that's it. But yeah, you'll find every a one in a hundred that actually reads it objectively, and he finds his way out of this religion. He really does, or she. They find themselves outside outside, and that's because they realize it's it's all farce. It's it's just it's fake. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking once you realize that you you never really knew anything about the Bible. And that was something that, you know, just capitalized on what I had seen was that no none of the elders knew the Bible. The one elder that knew it, knew it in the skewed format of the Watchtower, but no one else knew it. No one else read it. It just it wasn't part of their lives. It, the The secret book was something they utilized, read, highlighted, studied, but the Bible, no, no, it was absent, and that was that was a hard pill to swallow for me, because it reminded me of something inside of the Bible, something in the times of Jesus Christ. It reminded me of this, Mark seven, six to eight. You hypocrites, Isaiah described you beautifully when he wrote, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You are so busy holding on to the traditions of men that you let go the commandment of God. And it, it's this verse that reminded me what was going on here that it was just a hypocrisy. They, they worshipped in vain, and they taught doctrines, commandments of men. It was a hard pill to swallow because you realize not only are they the Pharisee, the modern-day Pharisee, but so are you, and that's what you are. And that's what I was. I was a modern-day Pharisee holding on to traditions of men holding on to doctrines of men, and the Bible was absent. I saw it. I saw the way they grabbed the Bible, and they tucked it away. Soon as, as soon as their secret meetings began, the Bible went away. I saw this, and it was, it was hard to swallow. It was, it was odd. It was just bad taste in your mouth. It was wrong. It was backwards, upside down. It, but again, you know, when you're in a cult, you can't piece this thing, these things all together at, at one single moment. And if you can, good for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's someone out there that's very strong. Their objective thinking is very strong. But for the most of us, no. We don't put it all together. We just we see a lot of red flags and a lot of little things go onto the shelf. Eventually that shelf breaks, and that's when we wake up. That's when we snap out of this, this, these shenanigans. 
And the reason I share this is because I feel like this might help someone. This is what helped me. These were the factors that helped wake me up from this circus. And to see to see that my foundation was wrong, my, my foundation began to crumble when I realized that this religion wasn't based on the Bible. It didn't hold the Bible to the standard they said they do. Well, this is, this is why everything started falling apart. And uh, I, I understand that it's hard for many people to see this because they never get to see the leadership position. They never get to put it into practice. They're never chosen. And a lot of the times, it is because of jealousy. It is because of pride. But the people that do, I hope that if even they hear this, they find a way to make this public and share what you know or your experience. Did I have, even amongst the congregation, just so you have some context as to who I was, did I have respect from people? Was I a person that was well-liked? You would have to ask them, but I like to think that I got along with everyone, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed uh, being around people. I enjoyed being around kids. I enjoyed being around young and older people. I, I was someone that people came up to me and, well, they, they let me know that I was appreciated, and I also did the same. I like to think I did the same with them. So who was I? Obviously, again, you would have to ask the people. I can't speak for myself, but I, I could say that I, have, I had many good friendships, and I was a very peaceful person as well. We were the couple that would make gatherings. We were, my, me and my wife, we were people that people gravitated to. And there's always different kind of elders. We were an elder that people could easily <laughs> talk to, could be themselves around. That was us. And this, this is who I am uh, as well. It, I, I just, I always like to get along with people. So I, 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 I don't, I wasn't a problematic person with people. So, you, you know, that's not something that someone could say. But the one thing that you know, elders could say is someone like me, and that's something I'll talk about in, in in the near future, someone like myself that thinks objectively, they consider you a problematic person. And that's one of the reasons that they can kick you out. But I will talk about that in another uh, topic, because once I realized that all this was not based on the Bible, it was based on this well it was very heartbreaking to me and i began to look into ways to get out of it and sadly it's it's the it's tough it's tough if you've ever been in that situation where you realize that this is this is all fake this is all a facade you you try and find ways to get out of it and we all venture to different avenues there's so many ways to get out of it, but to have the courage to do it is very, it's something very hard, and it's hard to explain as well, because you understand that your entire world will fall apart. It will fall apart, and there's no way you can take it with you. There's no way, because they have absolute control over your family, over your friends, and in some part over you as well. 
So when I, be, when I realized that this wasn't based on the Bible and I started looking ways into getting out of this, the only way I found out was I had to let them classify me as a problematic person. I'm not a problematic person, but that's something that you have to do. Under, I, it's either that or immorality. And I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not immoral. At least I think I'm not. I, I don't, that's not something I wanted them to label me with. So I was, the only way I wanted them to get me out was that. They had to label you problematic. And the only way to, I could think of it was to just think objectively. And that's what I began to do. I started thinking objectively. And I started utilizing the Bible. So every decision they made, I stuck to my guns with the Bible and they labeled me problematic for it, <laughs> for it. So if they said, you know, we need to make this decision, what do you think? I would say, well, the Bible says this. And that would, that's something they did not like. That's something they did not like. So they began to label me problematic. And that's just what it is. But yes, um, I wanted to do this last part, what it meant to be an elder. And what I saw, the most poignant the strongest uh, thing that sticks out in my mind is that the Bible isn't used, that the Bible is not the law of the land, that the, the secret book is and the secret letters are, but the Bible, it, it takes a backseat, and that's just what it is. So if you are an elder at the moment, I want you to start thinking about that. Why is it that the Bible takes such a backseat? And even though verses are quoted inside the secret book and inside the secret letter, look at it objectively. Are those verses in context? Are those verses being used to gaslight? How are they being presented to you? Because if you're true to yourself and you're sincere in the way you look at it, you'll realize that none of it is based off of a, none of it is based off of God's point of view. It's all based off of the organization's point of view. It's all based off of the policy's point of view. And look into your Bible as well. Why is it that the Job's Witness Bible is so mistranslated? So we have a lot of work to do. I hope that uh, this last part helps you. You know, I'll incorporate elements of this part, and I'll go into further detail and further talks, but I hope it helps you. I hope it helps somebody out there. I hope you're having a good day. I hope uh, you're not being problematic. <laughs> I hope you're good. And we'll see you in the next one.